Rick Jensen. On 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Workday Wednesday, right after news at 1 o'clock. Last year, brought you a few people who are career coaches, counselors, on, you know, how to make yourself and keep yourself relevant during the pandemic. You're not in the building. You're not seeing people at the break room, the copy machine. It's kind of hard to, you know, have these conversations about, you know, well, little asides on your value, what you bring to the company, things like that, when there's no one really to talk to except your direct report. Well, what about other people, too? Dr. Robin Odegaard is uh, is such a person. She's uh, she's fantastic. Corporate performance coach, uh, advisor, confidant, really, uh, you know, anywhere from managerial up to uh, the C-suite. That's what she does. She's written a couple of books. She's here in Delaware, and she's on the air right now, Dr. Robin Odegaard. Robin, thanks for being on. Hey, Rick, good to talk to you again. Yeah, and now, of course, back at the office. So something you and I were talking about off the air about a week ago was uh, really, I think, for people who are getting back uh, into their careers, maybe looking for a new job, being able to move up and move forward as as more of us get into the office and, you know, out of the homes as uh, the pandemic hopefully is, is winding down a bit. And uh, and you mentioned, oh, yeah, when people are told they are overqualified for a job. Now, you know me. I've never been called that. Enter, hmm. enter laugh here. Okay, or not. Uh-huh. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> but it does happen to a lot of people. And, uh, and I'm wondering not, not only why, but uh, what do you do about it? So let's start off with the why. Well, so the excuse, and I'm going to say excuse, that organizations use is that they're concerned that they're going to hire someone, the person's going to get bored, and they're going to leave. Yeah. Um, And there is some myth to that, right? Because someone who is better qualified for a job is going to be a better performer. They're going to bring more experience. They're going to be able to work more independently. Um, As long as you empower them to make decisions, like we talked about micromanaging, if you micromanage someone who is is well-qualified, they're going to get annoyed with you. So if you're a micromanager, yes, do not hire someone who's well-qualified. But if you want to have someone that you can delegate to and hand stuff off and say, hey, run with this, then someone who's well-qualified is going to be a great option. Okay, well, that's from the employer's uh, point of view. Um, And in other words, I I understand what you're doing is you're trying to explain to employers why you want somebody uh, who's got a lot of experience. What if they're like at, a, at, a, at an AVP, they're working their way up towards a VP, pandemic happened, lost their jobs. Now, here's a managerial job that's open. They say, wow, okay, um, I like this company. I like what they do. I think I'd be happy here. Let's have an interview and find out. They go to the interview, and the interviewer says, well, uh, gee, I see you've been an, an associate vice president on your way up. Um, why would you want to go all the way back down to manager? That, that doesn't seem like a good career move. What, what do you say to someone like that? Well, all the things you just mentioned are really good responses because, you know, you apply for a company because you, you like their, you like their philosophy. You like that they're working there. Maybe you like the hours they're offering. The question, it, you have to be able to answer it honestly. If you say to them, I just need a job, yeah, they're going to say, no, you're, <laughs> you're not the right person. Yeah. Um, but if you are a person who's like, I applied for this because of X, Y, Z reasons, and you legitimately thought about it, those are great answers. The challenge to that is you have to get to the interview to explain that. And if you put in a resume that looks way overqualified for a job, it's going to get kicked out before you ever get to talk to a human. So oh. you have to put in a cover letter and explain why you're applying. 
and in an explanation, you should have a lot of knowledge about the company, what they do, and and what your role might be in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And be able to talk in, intelligently about it. Use words directly from the, the uh, job posting that say, you know, this is how I fill this role. Now, I, I said to this to you off the air, and I want to repeat it. A lot of times what companies do is they write these job descriptions, and if you fill it 100%, they're going to tell you you're overqualified. Wait a minute. So you fill the job description 100%, and they say, oh, you're overqualified. Why, why would they do that? Because when they write a job description, they create, it's basically a wish list, and they realize usually, not always, but usually, that they're kind of shooting for the moon. And if you apply, they're going to go, oh, wait a minute, this person's overqualified. They're not going to be happy. They're not going to stay. And so when, when organizations do that, I've asked them the question, well, how long do you expect someone to stay in this position? And what does not stay mean? And they don't really have a good answer for that. Wait, so when you say not stay, that means get promoted, not get promoted and move on to another company or something. Do you drill down on that? Yeah, so I asked them, what does not stay mean? Do you mean like they're going to leave in six months? Do you mean they're going to stay 18 months? Do you expect them to stay in this job for five years? What are your expectations when you say someone is overqualified and they won't stay? What does that mean? What do you hear? And they, uh, it depends. Some of them, you know, say, well, you know, I just think that they're going to just work here till they find another job. And I said, well, have you asked that question? Have you had that conversation? No, people lie. I get it. People <laughs> yeah. lie. But people lie, yes. It, if you don't ask the question and you make it up, you could miss the opportunity to hire a really, really good fit who's got a great amount of talent to bring to you just because you've decided they're overqualified and they won't stay. And then you have to sit down and think, hmm, I wonder if they were lying. But who does, you know, okay, yeah. fine, let's, let's go down that path. Do you really think people who are underqualified aren't lying? Oh, sure. Of course they are. I could learn that. I'm a fast <laughs> learner. Why, that seems some, like something I could do. I've never had that opportunity yet, and I think I could nail it. Right, exactly. And so it's interesting to me that people will put out applications, um, put, put out, and then they'll err on the side of hiring someone who's underqualified rather than hiring someone who might be a little bit overqualified. So That's an you, interesting error to make. So if you actually have the conversation and, and someone says, uh, Jay, I, I think you might be overqualified, then your reaction is to say, do you want to hire somebody who's underqualified? Well, you if you're that kind of personality, and I am, yes, you can absolutely yeah. have that conversation. Just be prepared to manage it. Uh, yeah. However, if you're not that kind of person, you might want to have conversations about how you can make your boss's life easier by taking stuff off of their plate, by helping them, um, allowing them to delegate things, by being able to be a quick learner, and how your qualifications actually make you a great employee for making your boss look good. Oh, that's cool. So, in other words, say, listen, I can take these problems off your plate like you just said because I can do this, 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 and this, and this. And uh, and how often do you want a report, uh, a status report on how we're doing with that in terms of a project? Do you mean that sort of thing? Right. And you can discuss other things like the benefits of having that particular job. Maybe you're ready for less responsibility. You're ready to be home, you know, work more reasonable hours, more flexibility, whatever the benefits are to the job that would make you say, yeah, sure, I can get a job that makes more money, but then it's way, way more work, and this job fits me better for my lifestyle right now. So, so are you telling me then, candidate, that you just uh, you don't want to work so much? 
it's not about working so much. It's about not having to be on call 24-7, 365, as I was in previous jobs. I'll bet, yeah. Well, you worked in corporate. and. Uh, mm-hmm. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the thing to consider, though, is that you can't, if you, if you are a super qualified candidate, you cannot use the shotgun method and expect to get um, calls back because you have to really drill down and make it clear why your skills are relevant to a specific job. So if you're just sending resumes out wherever, they're going to end up in the trash. You need to be, yeah, right. You need to be targeting the places where you want to work. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. I mean, fortunately, we have some great tools like LinkedIn. That gives you a great idea on, uh, you know, who to talk to, maybe somebody who works at the company to learn about the company, things like that. Plus, all these things about the companies are online, and uh, there's blogs about the competitive nature of the industries and different companies. So, yeah, there's a lot of information out there, and you're going to have to get really tired and spend eight hours a day getting all this information, learning about it, uh, to see if you, indeed you want to apply for a job at these places. Because once you get in front of somebody, they're going to want to know, why are you applying here? And it's like you said, if you said, I'm looking for a job, you say, okay, very nice. I got a lunch to go eat. Goodbye. <laughs> right. And you never, ever want to leave. And this is regardless of how, how qualified you are for a job. You never want to leave the hiring manager wondering, why did they apply for this job? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so getting back to the part about being overqualified. So uh, if you got the personality for it, go ahead and ask them, do you want to hire somebody who's underqualified? Now, uh, when you ask that question, now you're putting the interviewer on the defensive. They may or may not like it, depending upon their personality. But where do you go from there when they look at you and say something in effect of, well, what do you mean by that? Well, so the, the, it's, a, it's a conversation starter, right? Is you know, Are you looking to hire someone who's less qualified than what your job description claims? And what qualifications do you feel like I have that are going to make me unhappy in this job? Because, you know, truth be told, you want to know if you're going to be unhappy in the job. Yeah, tell me why. Explain to me why you think that. Because that's where you want to start the conversation is help me understand. Well, that's actually pretty good. You know, uh, help me understand. Here are all the qualifications you desire and all uh, the experience you require. I feel every one of these, you're afraid I'm, I'm overqualified. Explain to me why you're worried about that. In other words, you know, you should be asking questions in the interview also, all, all the time. There's a lot of great uh, question questions to ask, like, you know, uh, what's your expectations for the first two weeks, the first three months, the first six months of the person who fills this job? You know, that's that's one thing, right? There are always great questions. I love questions about culture. What's the culture in this organization? Do you typically hire people who really have to stretch to be able to do their jobs, i.e. people who are underqualified for what they're trying to do? Or do you hire people who are really good fits and we, everybody works together and does you know their part and pulls together? What, what's the organization look like? Those are really great questions. I don't know, Robin. You, you seem kind of overly energetic and aggressive. If, that, if my personality doesn't fit with an organization, I am not a good hire. Do not hire me. <laughs> if you're looking for somebody who thinks yeah. Yeah. and somebody who wants, you know, wants to get things done, then I'm a good fit. And that, I'm fully believe, be honest and be true to your personality in an interview because you don't want to have to work be pretending to be someone you're not. No, I know. Absolutely. I just did it because that's, that's my mockery of like the worst interviewer and the guy you don't want to work for. That's really what. That, <laughs> yeah, right. If, if someone said that to me in an interview, I'd be like, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit either. Thanks for your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, know. I know. No, my favorite person was a guy who uh, had really bad hygiene. I mean, really, I walked in there and it was a radio station, and I, I thought I would want to work there. And he was the program director, and then I, I, I just. 
I made it really short, real brief, and I left. And it was it was horrible. And I thought, oh my god. And I talked to some friends of mine. They said, oh yeah, no one told you that. It's like great, thanks. Uh, that's 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 wonderful. But on the other hand, I've also you know early in my career went in and I was very very weak, and I did not have uh, the the kinds of answers or the practice, or the rehearsal, or anything that I think people really, really need if they're going to go into an interview, you know? And and where do people go to get, uh, I mean, you do that. You do rehearsals and things like that, uh, and you're not free because you're really good at it and and you're worth it. But I'm also wondering, you know, where do people go to, to, to get, like, the, the coaching and rehearsals and things like that? Well, yeah, obviously hiring someone like me is, is a great option. If that isn't an option for you, ask your friends to, to you know, play devil's advocate and ask you the tough questions. And as long as you don't turn into just a giggle match about it, it can actually be really useful and help you talk through it. But hiring a professional is usually the best way to go just because we have the experience with language and un- understanding and batting stuff back at people and asking the tough questions. You're a strong person, so you can sit there and interview and say, Things like, why do you want to hire someone who's underqualified? What about somebody listening who um, doesn't have that sort of personality? Isn't isn't that courageous, perhaps, to sit there and ask that? If someone says, gee, uh, you know, it it looks like you have, you know, more qualifications here than we really need. Uh, We're very concerned about somebody who actually does check off all of the boxes that you might get bored. Now, what what can someone say to that or ask about that if uh, they don't have that? you know, really strong personality, and they know it. You know, they're just like, oh, gee, I could never quite do that, you know, because I'll bet there are people listening right. to us right now thinking, oh, I, I could never do that. So what what should they do? Yeah. Well, so that's a really good opportunity to start having a conversation about, well, what are the day-to-day tasks of this job, and what about it do you feel like would be boring to me? And, and you know, really engage them in the job description and what the daily tasks look like and what the culture is like and why they're making the assessment that they think that you're too qualified. Why questions are great. I want to do a role play with you real quick on culture. So- oh, all right, here we go. Yeah, because that did happen during the pandemic. Changes in management for a lot of different companies. Cultures change. Sometimes um, a a business down the riverfront, for example, um, well, in the city, went from 200 employees down to about 20. Everything changed. And people who were still working from home and not there didn't even realize there were some huge culture changes at a big financial institution. So... We're sitting down there. I'm interviewing you, and and you. How do you frame the question about the culture? Well, so a question I like to ask interviewers is: Tell me what it's like for you to work here. For me, oh, and they say, well, uh, I have a great relationship with my employees. Uh, we are goal oriented. Here are the numbers we posted over the last uh, six quarters. We like to continue this kind of growth. We want to bring in people who. Uh, and then at that point, I guess, they start saying whether or not you're a self-starter, a team member, blah, 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 blah. You know, but when they say things, we're looking for someone who's really a team player there, Robin. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, so then the, let's, let's, let's step out of this. Let's get meta a minute okay. and look at what just happened. I asked you to tell me about what it's like for you to work here. And what you gave me was a whole bunch of company jargon. Yes. What does that tell me about the culture? The culture that tells me about the culture that it is not safe for you to tell me your personal opinion. Wow, awesome. Um, what kind of a response would you want to get from an interviewer for whom, from whom you asked that question? So a better 
a better um, option is going to be, oh, you know, I really enjoy working here. I tend to come in a little bit early. That tells you that they like people who are prompt and on time and are available outside of business hours. Um, but, you know, that lets me know that I can leave at like three if I want to go to my son's ball game. Oh, look, that means that the culture is uh, flexible. Their work is flexible. If someone says, oh, I usually get to the office by seven and I try to get out of here by seven. Hmm. Oh, wow. That means they're really overworking their employees. So you have to really pay attention to, you know, do they take a lunch? Do they not? Do they go on working lunches? Do they answer their email on weekends? You know, and for some people, that's fine. For other people, they don't want a job where they're expected to be available 24-7. Is it dangerous to ask questions that specific about working hours and emails on weekends during the first interview? Um, dangerous is an interesting word to choose. Um, it depends upon how serious you are about working there. When um, Back in the day when I interviewed, I asked someone if she carried her pager back when pagers were a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, on weekends, and she said, well, I do, but you're not expected to. And at oh. the time, I I kind of got a little red flag, but not enough to really pay attention. I was young and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you ask someone a question like that, and their response is, oh, I do, but you're not expected to, you can bet that the organization's culture is that you're expected to answer emails on weekends. Absolutely. Uh, don't worry about that. No, 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 I'm not worried about it, but I'm expecting it to, to be uh, – expected. So bottom line this for us, uh, Robin Odegaard, if you just tuned in, uh, Robin Odegaard is a career consultant and uh, she's awesome. So she works everything from managerial level to uh, to the C-suites and all that, as I said before. Corporate performance coach. So uh, bottom line, uh, maybe even bullet point this, it comes up in the interview that they suspect or they're concerned. We, we have concerns, very concerned here, uh, that you might be overqualified. Um, bottom line, you do what? So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to talk about why you're a good fit for the job, why you want the job, why, you know, and that could be it's better for your lifestyle. You're looking for something less hectic. Um, you, you just want to do something. You love their company and the way their culture works or the, the mission that they have. So you're going to talk about why you want to work there and why you have longevity for working there, why it matters to you. And then it, you know, if they're still pushing on it, then you're going to start asking questions about because you might want to wonder, are they having people working jobs that are not qualified to do? So start gently asking those kind of questions of, you know, what does that look like in the organization? Yeah, and finally, you're going to ask the, ask the interviewer what their day is like, what, they look, what their work day looks like to give you some cultural insight. You, into the you spell Robin with a Y. I'm not so sure you're a good fit here. If that's important to you, you're probably right. <laughs> so it's uh, Dr. Robin, R-O-B-Y, and Odegaard with a whole bunch of A's there. And it's O-D-E-G-A-A-R-D. You see her at LinkedIn. She, see her at uh, champperformance.com as well. Uh, I love having you on. Uh, you're smart. You're tough. And, and I think you're overqualified this. I'm, I'm, I'm really afraid that you're going to have to start charging us sometime, and I can't do that. Yeah, well, you know, you're lucky I like you, Rick. <laughs> I am. Oh, you're the one. Good good to know. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Be well. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, Robin Odegaard. She's awesome. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. 